Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Hour number two for the third time. I'm Kyle. That's James. We're rocking with you until two. No D'Lo and KC this week. They will be back on Tuesday taking some much-deserved time off after the new year, and we appreciate them letting us sit in and uh, take a couple hours of their show. We appreciate everybody who is hanging out with us, maybe who doesn't typically get to hang out with us from 10 to noon, who is rocking with us here from noon to 2. So thank you so much. If you are watching on YouTube and Twitch at ESPN 1320 TV, uh, please hit the thumbs up button on YouTube subscribe to the channel, hit that little notification bell. You'll get notified every time we go live. And we begin this live stream every single day at 10 a.m. right here on ESPN 1320. And then we just keep the light. You don't have to switch the video. You don't have to do anything. Uh, It stays right here. D'Lo and Casey jump in from from noon to four after uh, James and I go 10 to noon. And we are uh, ready to rock. So thanks, everybody. We appreciate you. We do. It's been fun. It has. We've had a good two days here. We'll see how tomorrow goes. Um, I was listening to Carlin versus Joe. That's the show that leads into ours on ESPN radio. And they had a couple of guest hosts this week and they were talking about this idea of people not respecting the Ravens before Monday night. I think respect is one of the most like overused words in sports. Because what does that mean that people didn't respect the Ravens? They were pretty widely considered the best team in the AFC. Mm-hmm. They were four and a half point dogs, I think they closed at, on the road against the number one team from the NFC. That's not anything to sneeze at. That number came down because people were betting on the Ravens. Mm-hmm. So that's just the betting markets. I know that Kyle Hamilton was all up in arms about the fact they were underdogs in the betting market. But that's fine. Um, I thought five and a half points was a lot too, frankly, but this, I like, is it because people aren't saying like, Oh, the Ravens are definitely going to win the Super Bowl, or what is it? What's required to respect the Ravens? Because right now here's what people have for the Ravens because we, we, as as sports fans and, and analysts and whatever you consider yourself to be, you can go on track record. And you look at what the Ravens have done this year, and you've gone, man, they are a super impressive team. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson is an MVP candidate, bona fide. Michael McDonald, their defensive coordinator, is a what's the assistant coach of the year, uh, front runner 
He has done a really good job. Their defense is super talented. Lamar Jackson super talented. All this stuff. He can say all this stuff. But the sample size we have of Lamar Jackson in the postseason hasn't been super strong. And so I think what people are waiting on is, okay, this is great. You've won in the regular season. You've done that before. Let's see you in mid-January. Let's see if this translates. And I don't think that's unfair. I don't think that's disrespecting the Ravens. Frankly, for me, I need to see the same thing from Brock Purdy and the 49ers. Yeah. They need to go win an NFC championship game. We haven't seen it yet. This is great. You've been super dominant in the regular season. And you're rolling and, oh, look at the offense and Brock Purdy. But, dude, go win an NFC title game. And then when you get to the Super Bowl, go win that too. Like, there are... There are steps to this. It's the reason that Nikola Jokic, for me, even up to last year with the with the Nuggets, I did not buy the Nuggets going into the playoffs. I get they were the best regular season team. Mm-hmm. And wow, look at the freaking Nuggets. But we'd seen it before. And we'd seen them fall short. And so I'm going, hey, this is great. I got to see it before I'm going to buy in. And then they did it. And I, okay, all right, fair play. But that doesn't mean I was disrespecting the Nuggets. It's like, bro, I got to see it, man. If I if I go up to somebody and I say, hey, I can dunk. I can dunk on a 10-foot rim. And they go, uh, no, I don't think you can. That's not disrespectful to me. If I'm going to do that, I got to show them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I was just really, I was really like irked by the idea that they're like, well, nobody respects the Ravens. No, I don't understand that at all. I thought the Ravens are like phenomenal. Like whether we had them in our, our the top of our power rankings all season long or not, it, it was because early in the season they weren't great. Yeah, and you had to make sure Lamar could stay healthy. Yeah, I mean they started the season three and two. They lost to the Colts. They lost to the Steelers, and everyone knew at that time the Steelers were no good. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like those were all weird things. Like yeah. you're you're watching it unfold. And they've been really good since then. They've got one loss since then and to the Browns, which it, that's not a bad loss. They were uh, up 17 nothing in that game, and the Browns just kind of stormed back. That was yeah. crazy. I mean, that's a really good team. I would say that maybe one of the reasons why they're not getting the respect that they deserve as an AFC team is because everyone knows the track record of like a Josh Allen or a um, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And you expect the Chiefs and the Bills the way that they're playing now, uh, not the Chiefs the way they are now, but the Chiefs historically, mm-hmm. and the Bills the way they are playing now. Like, those are teams that you fear. You look at the Miami Dolphins, and they're sort of the opposite of mm-hmm. of the Ravens. They're just a pass-happy, crazy, wild offensive team that doesn't play a lot of defense. Mm-hmm. So like, there's a lot more competition. And if you look at where the Niners were are, they walked into that week having – just beat the the Eagles and and then two weeks of the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. They had already thumped the Dallas Cowboys earlier mm-hmm. in the year. So their main competition and the NFC, they've handled without yeah. any problems. Mm-hmm. They had some hiccups, but those hiccups were, it almost felt like an anomaly, like three weeks where they were bad. Mm-hmm. Against, you know... A Two really, AFC teams, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, a really good Browns team and and then a solid uh, Bengals team. That's before Joe Burrow goes out, yeah, right? Yeah, they, they were playing really well and then and then uh, Minnesota beat them. Yeah, and then Minnesota, right? So And again, that was Minnesota with Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Not the Minnesota we have today. <laughs> Kirk sure. Cousins, who was leading the NFL in every offensive stat... He was really good. Like, for through the first, like, seven mm-hmm. weeks, right? So... 
like the Niners had proven who they are in the NFC, but I don't think that we're looking at like it's not disrespectful to look at what the Ravens had accomplished so far and just like ignore it. I don't think anyone's ignoring them. They're a good team. Everyone knew that. It's just whether they are like a Super Bowl title contender. And again, we're talking about a team that has not played the Miami Dolphins. They have not played the Buffalo Bills. They have not played the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Those are That's how you prove who you are, is by playing like the Niners did, the Eagles, the Seahawks, mm-hmm. the Cowboys, the teams that are good in your conference. You show who you are and you elevate yourself up. They're going to get through the season without having to face any of the teams that are around them in the top of the standings. Don't they play Miami this week? Uh, they play Miami this week. Yeah. Okay, but outside of that... Mm. The Browns. That's that's the only other team that is like an elite team. Yeah, division and, game for them. And, and I'm not saying they haven't played anybody, but you know they they played the Bengals and Chargers without their quarterbacks. When when you say when you say but when you say respect a team, yeah. Last year, okay. Here's a good example. I did not respect the Vikings last year as a what were they thirteen and four? Yeah, you did not. I didn't. I, there were they, I and and I was. I think there were a lot of people who were on board with that because mm-hmm. it's like, dude, this this you watch that team week in and week out, and they don't they don't have the vibe of a thirteen and four team. Yeah, they pulled out some close games. How sustainable is that? Does that mean they're going to win in the playoffs? Oh, and then they lose to the New York Giants at home in the first round of the playoffs. Yep. I think everything that had to do with the Ravens was okay. They've been around. They've been good. We know Lamar is good. We know that Todd Monk and their offensive coordinator. They made the change from Greg Roman. I think that has helped a lot. But with the Ravens, it's like, okay, we're ready for the playoffs with them. Like, that's that's just, that's kind of where it was. Yeah. And for a lot of the season, it was, hey, Miami is this revolutionary offense, and they're this good, and hey, the Chiefs defense is all of a sudden really good, and oh, what are the Bills? Are the Bills going to stick around, or are they not? And then there's all the weird stuff going on in the NFC. And the Ravens are just kind of there plugging away, and like, yeah, man, they're good. I don't yeah. think anybody was sitting there going, oh, no, the Ravens aren't good. They just weren't the story. I don't think that's disrespectful. Yeah. They're just there. They've been around. They're always good. Yeah. I don't know. I'm with you. Maybe uh, I'm Maybe I'm. I'm, I'm hey, hey, look, being, I'll just say. Being a pansy or like, whatever. I don't what know. we're talking about here, again, the Bills. The Bills beat the Cowboys. The Bills beat the Chiefs. The Bills lost in overtime to Philly. Like, they those... Beat- those Miami. are signature wins. They beat the Dolphins. Those are signature wins. And while I don't know if the the Bills are nine and six, they've had a, a bunch of clunkers. The Bills are weird. They are weird. But that's my point, though, is that you've seen them against a top-tier opponent. Mm-hmm. They came out on top. And so, yeah, show the respect. I'd even say that it's why we don't look at the Lions in the same light because mm-hmm. how many top-tier teams have the Lions beat? And maybe they beat everybody. I know they beat, you know, the Chiefs in, in week one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, I, I would like to, I'll go through the, the Lions and, again, like just compare. But I, I think that there's going to be that same feeling. They haven't played the Niners. They haven't shown that they can beat mm-hmm. the best in their conference. Yeah, got to see it. Yeah, got to see it. I don't think, I personally don't think that's a disrespectful way to look at it. Nope. I've got to see it with the with the 49ers. I've got to see it with the Dolphins especially, the Lions especially, those teams that have not been through that rigmarole of the postseason. How do they respond to that? Yep. Like that's that's going to be huge. And same thing with the Bills, man. 
I was I've not been super blown away by the Bills in the postseason, save for that uh, that epic game in Kansas City where Kansas City you know tied it with no time left and they got the ball with 13 seconds or whatever, and Gabe Davis had the four touchdowns. Like, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. Like outside of that, it's like. <laughs> I got I got to see it from you Sean McDermott. I got to see it from you Josh Allen. Yeah. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being If I'm being disrespectful, I apologize that is not my intent. That's all. All right. All right. We'll talk about who can win the Super Bowl and are the Kings this year better or worse than last year's team? Right mm. now. I think there's a little bit of nuance and I think it's a fun conversation. We'll talk about it next on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hayne and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. Now, back to The Insiders with James Hayne and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. It's always so weird with this rejoin music. Uh, the song that's playing is Pretty Savage by Blackpink. Okay. Really, really fun beat. Uh, really fun instrumental that I like a lot. But I always I always get thrown off. And literally, I know I cut this audio. I made that rejoin. But there is a like little growl thing that happens in the actual song that is not in that instrumental. Mm. And so every single time it starts, I'm waiting for the growl and it doesn't happen. And it always throws me off. Every time. That makes sense. I'm with you. I, I want to hear it now. All right, I'll show it to you after the show. It's a great All song. Right. Pretty right. Savage by Blackpink. Get into it, everybody. All right. Uh, I want to talk about the Kings and are they better or worse than last year. I want to do that. But we were talking about Oklahoma City, th- the Oklahoma City Thunder earlier and how they are a year behind the Kings in terms of their development, et cetera, et cetera. Oklahoma City's 20-9. and nine. They're two games back of the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, who have the second best record in the NBA right now. Minnesota's just 22 and 7 very casually. Yeah. Uh the Nuggets are right there as well. They are 22 and 10. They're a half game back of uh a half game back of Oklahoma City. But anyways, if Oklahoma if everything let's let we're just going to play out the play in tournament where the Pelicans beat the Rockets as the standings are right now. Pelicans beat the Rockets, go to the 7 seed. Are you picking Oklahoma City or New Orleans in a first-round matchup? Oklahoma City or New Orleans against each other? Yeah. Um, That's tough. Really tough, right? Yeah. I mean, but the problem is we have the, the fact that we've seen Oklahoma City versus the Kings where the Kings beat them twice, and we're seeing New Orleans <laughs> against the Kings where they've beat the Kings three times. Yeah. And so I think you're jaded by the matchup issue. Right. I don't know. I want to see that series, though. Me too. That'd be fun. I'm taking Oklahoma City, I think. Okay. Yeah, I just... I So much of New Orleans rides on what you're getting from Zion. Mm-hmm. And maybe if they're the seventh seed and they win a playoff game, maybe that means they're getting a good version of Zion, in my opinion, would change. But I just wouldn't buy the Pelicans. How do you like that 9-10-11? And one of those teams with the possibility to knock off like the Rockets to slide into the eight seed. The nine seed right now is the Los Angeles Lakers. The 10 seed is the Phoenix Suns. The 11 seed is the Golden Jeez. State Warriors. One of those teams could face the number one seed. The Suns the Suns and Warriors are both 15 and 15. Yeah. The Lakers are 16 and 15. 
Um, man, I think the Suns are the scariest of those three teams. Okay. Assu- mm. I don't know. I mean, I, I it think depends. That- it, it depends on what what Golden State looks like after the deadline, and it depends on what they look like once Draymond Green comes back. But I mean, right now they are Steph, and then, and in a one game play in situation, you know, Steph can take over and score fifty and drag him to a win. But in a playoff series. I don't know how scary the Warriors are for either Minnesota or Oklahoma City. Mm. That's just, man. Yeah, that's that's fine. I, I just know that those, you know, two of those teams were picked to be at the top of the Western Conference, and they may still get there. I don't like, know, man. <laughs> Phoenix is kind of a mess. And the Lakers, I, I guess you can't write off the Lakers after what Rob Palenka did at the last trade deadline and really made them better. But I think they thought they were doing that at the beginning of the year this year, and it is just not working out for them. Yeah, well, you're just I don't wondering know what strings they have to pull now. How many times Danny Ainge can just give away his roster to the the Lakers? And, and the fact is, they they're running out of picks, they're running out of things to trade. So, like, is someone going to give up something for? Um, I don't know. I don't even know what they would offer up. I I mean, at this point, your your most enticing trade asset. Like it might be Austin Reeves. Ugh. Like, what are you gonna go get? Like out on the open market? What? And can you get something that's way better than that? And I don't know. Like, maybe you can get a Zach Levine, but I don't know how you get Zach Levine without looking at you know the Lakers' salary structure and seeing they don't even have a lot of contracts to match to match up stuff. Hmm. And that's tough. Like. You know, again, they nice. they've been able to pull off ridiculously stupid moves. I guess maybe someone will take on seventeen million next year and eighteen million the year after that. A Rui Hachimura, I'm not sure. Um, I guess someone could take on D'Angelo Russell, who has a player option for eighteen, nineteen million the next year. Um, but I'm not sure that like really like no one's lining up and taking Gabe Vincent's deal off your hands. No. No, I, mean, I don't think that's happening. And, and Jared Vanderbilt, at that deal they gave him, mm-hmm. it's like a four forty-five or four forty-eight. Crazy. I don't think anyone's taking Jared Cunningham off your hands for Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't insane think that taking, that's the deal he got. Yeah, and has he even really been a factor at all? I, he's been hurt most of the year, right? Yeah, he's played in ten games, sixteen minutes. He's averaging one point five points and four point two rebounds. Well, he got in that in that playoff series against Golden State. He was chasing Steph around, did a really good job in the first game. Steph figured it out, and then the Warriors just didn't have to guard Jared Vanderbilt in the corner. Yeah, and he stopped being effective. And then they gave him twelve million a year. Yeah, that's so wild. It's, it's just really strange. Really, really strange. Yeah, it really. Uh, like I, I don't know what the Lakers have to offer, and like if some team is going to bail them out, like they normally do. Then sure, maybe the Lakers are going to be players here, but that would take a lot of bailing, a lot of bailing out. Like, you're not getting anything for Christian Wood in his league minimum deal. No, uh, you're just not. So you're not getting anything for Cam Reddish. You're not getting a- anything for Gabe Vincent, who has knee problems that probably out another month at least at a minimum, and that he might need knee surgery. You're not getting anything for Jack. Jackson Hayes, like all the talk about Jackson Hayes early in the season. That was a big one. He's averaging 2.9 points and 1.9 rebounds per game. 
All of all of the I have I have some friends who are Lakers fans who are very very smart, and they do content for Lakers basketball. One of them is not Kenny Carraway, <laughs> but they were so thrilled with hey here's how all these pieces are going to fit and LeBron finally has shooters around him and this and that, and I was looking at it on, on paper like yeah man dang. Like Christian Wood, if you get him blocking some shots and grabbing some rebounds and stretching the floor, and hey, maybe that makes it so Jared Vanderbilt doesn't have to is you know he's an offensive liability, but it's not as big of a deal when he's out there. And oh, okay, yeah, all all these all this stuff really really makes sense. Torian Prince, oh boy, Dave Vincent, wow, what a player he was for Miami. Mm-hmm. And it all like in theory, and they were very excited about this idea. And now it's like, oof. I don't I don't see it with the roster and I don't I don't see where they run into the same problem that that I think the Kings have where hey if you're going to go make a major move I think the assets that teams are going to want you're not giving up. So I don't even know if they have an asset that that someone's going to want that, that I mean, they won't give up. Yeah, that's that's I mean again that that player is probably Austin Reeves like of all this the other stuff, like these are negative contracts at this point. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm taking on Rui Hachimura's 35 million bucks over the next two years. So out of those, let's, I mean, it, very easily the Rockets could fall off. They could lose eight in a row and fall out of this picture. And then you get Lakers, Suns, and Warriors all in the play-in, which theoretically could happen. Mm-hmm. I, hmm. Which of those three teams do you like? Let's let's say that it is those three teams battling for the last two play-in spots. Which team do you have falling out? If it if it does come down to Lakers Suns Dubs, oh, I I would say like right now, Mm -hmm. I would say Warriors. Mm -hmm. I still have more faith in. uh, I don't know. I I think I mm, these teams are like. I guess I think that's probably. I have to. Phoenix vibes are bad. No, that's but true. But they're, are they're, the Warriors vibes better? A little bit because they launched they, a guy into well, space. They, He's well, not allowed to come around anymore. Well, they won five in a row, yeah. and and it was like, oh hey, but that's that, that's my question. Yeah, it's okay. When Draymond Green comes back, what does the rotation look like? And what what does he look like? Mm-hmm. Can he avoid punching people in the mouth and choking people out and literally. doing all that? Literally. Hey, I, I, so so what does that look like? Um, I, I don't, I genuinely, I have no idea. So I don't, I, I think if you're betting on, if you're just going, Hey, who's going to be the, who could have the best player on the court on a given night? Mm-hmm. Like the Warriors definitely like Steph is right there in that conversation, but I'd rather have KD and Booker and then LeBron and Anthony Davis. Yeah. Like with the Warriors, everything else on their roster right now, it's like clay got really hot for a while and okay, that's great. But Kenny, how long does he sustain that? What are you getting out of Jonathan Kaminga? What are you getting out of Andrew Wiggins on a night-to-night basis? Uh, Pods and TJD are great, but those are two rookies. How much can you really rely on them? Uh, mm. I think I think I probably agree with you, but I'm I'm keeping a very very close eye on Phoenix because when Kevin Durant wants to burn something to the ground, I don't know if there's a player more capable in the league than him. Yeah. So. Well, I don't know, James Harden. <laughs> you know what? Come on now. Yeah, it's a that's a great point by you. It is. Yeah. If there's a player in the league who wants to burn something to the ground, I'm not sure anybody does it better than Kevin Durant, other than James Harden. That's, that's a great right. Point. Yeah. Um, I will tell you that it, 
uh, we talked about our earlier d- discussion about like influential players and stuff like that. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich told me one time that James Harden is the most difficult person to guard in the league. He said that. Oh my God, I can imagine. He said that he gets you. He reads your body the whole time. He's just staring, and he'll make little subtle moves, and you'll just lean one way a little bit, and boom, he's by you. The and thi- you're like, what just happened? The thing that I did not really grasp about James Harden until I, I got to be a credentialed media person is how massive of a person he is. Oh, he's a like, good size I dude. didn't I didn't really grab like to me he's a two guard. Okay, he's about but then you stay and he is just a refrigerator. Yeah. He is he and so on top of that he was explosive and he's got the step back. And yeah, I can imagine he was he was just impossible. Like what yeah. do you do with that? Especially if he's gonna draw fouls. I just yeah, prime James Harden was was tough. Yeah, just great footwork. Mm-hmm. Um like he's not fast, but he's super quick. Um, and just like sneaky, and then strong enough that when he got that little half step, you couldn't get back around him. Yeah, like that he was is gonna. He was gonna body you. He has you off balance all the time, mm-hmm. and that's what Bogdanovich would uh, said. He was just like, you're just a little bit off balance or something. Mm-hmm. And he gets you off balance, and then he takes advantage, and you're done. Man, yeah, wouldn't want to guard him. Nope. I've I've always said I would want to stand there like as a cone in a drill just to see how fast NBA players go by. Mm. Like just to really like, hey, I'm going to stand here, De'Aaron. I'm not going to try and guard you. I want you to cross over and run by me. And I just want to see how fast it happens. Yeah. But it's crazy. All right. Uh, We just had a caller on the line and they dropped off. 916-909-1320. If you want to join the conversation, are the Kings better this year than they were last year at this point? We'll talk about it next. The numbers might surprise you on ESPN 1320. It's a good tease. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
win. Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Final segment, taking you up to 2 o'clock. want to remind everybody the final Thursday night football game of the year is tonight. And you can hear it right here on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Center. Coverage of Jets Browns begins at 4.30. Caller, I see you on the line. Hang in there one second. 916-909-1320 is the number. Uh, James, are the Kings better this year right now than they were last year? In your professional opinion. Man, that's tough. They're ahead of where they were last year, but I don't think they're better. And I, I think last year we were waiting for the other shoe to drop, so we weren't able to appreciate what we were watching. Mm-hmm. And it was such a good offensive team, great offensive team, even early in the season. Yeah. Where you could sit there, but a, as someone who's covered the team for so long, I was just waiting for this team to like slip mm-hmm. and drop four games under 500 and then eight games and then the whole thing spins out. I'm going to say that I would prefer the resiliency and the fight of last season over this year. Mm-hmm. And to date, I would take last year's team because they didn't have the bad losses like this team does. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I I I I get that for sure. But I feel like while okay, Kevin Herter has taken a step back this year. He's not shooting it as well. No. And um I understand the offensive rating isn't as high and the defensive rating is still kind of, you know, the not same. great. About the same. I think what you're getting out of De'Aaron Fox this year, what you're getting out of Demona Sabonis this year, what you're starting to see from Keegan Murray more this year, what you're seeing from Malik Monk more as a distributor, and obviously he's going to score it, but what you're seeing from him, the growth you're seeing from him as a lead guard with that second unit, I think I would take that tangible growth over, oh, hey, the Kings are kind of jumping teams by surprise with this new offense and hey, look, their record's better, and oh, they've got this historic offensive pace. I I, I understand record-wise they're not better, but I think they're in a better position now to compete long-term than they were at this point last year. Okay, I get that. I will tell you the four players you mentioned are better. The, yeah, they are better than they were last year. And that's, like, we talked about it. Everything about the Kings, it's those players right now. Yeah, I get that, but... I would say that Harrison Barnes is not better. Harrison would, Barnes is the player I was looking for. Thank you. I, I would say that Trey Lyles is not better. I would say that uh, Kevin Herter is not better. They, no, he's they definitely all not. of them have have not been as good mm-hmm. as they were last year at this time. And just straight up, they they aren't. So whatever gains those other four got, the other four have given up. The other three or four. I mean, and if he, even like Sasha hasn't been like as impactful as, as I think that he could be, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't like whatever the jail, JaVale swap out is. Uh, I, I don't know. Weird. Like, has he been better than Chemezi Metu? No, <laughs> actually he hasn't. Sure. Like, I, I don't like in all honesty, the Kings were a better team with Chemezi Metu mm-hmm. on the court. Sorry to say that for like, is JaVale a better pick and roll specialist? Oh yeah. Without any question. Yeah. But the fact that you had versatility 
and could defend multiple positions with with uh, Chemezi, I mm-hmm. think that that was a better squad. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like. I, I think as of right now, today, again, like Davion Mitchell's taking a huge step back, huge That's from what true. he was last year. Yeah. And like Keon mm-hmm. Ellis is fun, but I, like man and man to man, I think again your top end is mm-hmm. is perfectly great. The next tier hasn't found a way to complement that top end in the right way. I'm interested with Trey Lyles to see as he kind of because he missed so much of of the start of the season. Yeah, I'm kind of waiting on on him to see if he kind of breaks out and becomes as effective as he was last year. Yeah, he missed but, like 13 games, and it was with a lower leg issue. And so again, you're going to gain weight. You're gonna yeah. Like, you're gonna have all these things that happen like while you're trying to. He was not able to do any basketball related stuff. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of I'm kind of waiting on that. But no, I I get what you're saying with with Herder and Davion and all that. But it, it was never realistic that every single player was going to take a a stride forward this year. Like that is that is just not how it goes. Like somebody was bound to go, to go backwards, and you'd rather see the guys who have gone backwards go backwards than the guys who have gone forward. They would be in a way worse spot if it's like, man, hey, De'Aaron is way worse than last year. Oh, and look, and Domas has forgotten how to play basketball. And um, Malik Monk it, it looks like maybe an eighth or ninth guy. But hey, Kevin Herter's shooting the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, do, do, like, hey, Harrison Barnes is looking like the Black Falcon again. Yeah. Like oh, that doesn't, none of that matters. So that's why I would maybe, you know, in a vacuum, they're worse this year. But I think when you talk about taking steps forward as a team and taking steps toward championship contention, everything that's happened with the players who are going to matter to them on a title team has been positive. Yeah, I I think that that's the most interesting thing. You said it earlier. They now know they have a legit 1A. Mm -hmm. They did not know that last year. Correct. Like they got to the end of the season. They thought, yeah, we got a good 1A, 1B. Mm -hmm. We didn't. You didn't know he's a one A. Mm-hmm. He's he's a one A now, hundred percent. And then your your one B is sitting right there. Like uh, Demonis Sabonis is the same player he was last year, mm-hmm. just without the broken thumb. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, you still know that. And then Keegan Murray is is a much better player this year, and he will continue to become a much better player as we get through the season and we go into next season, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I, I think all of that is encouraging, and I think it also you you see the separation between what you what you need and what you have mm-hmm. and you you can look at your roster objectively and and be honest about what's happening and say I need this this and this and to move forward yeah I, I get it I just think you know are they better I, I like if you would have asked me last week I would have probably said yes this week I'm I'm more of the opinion like oh yeah. I'm not comfortable with like a team that gives up in games that that's totally fair. I'm not. That's 100% fair. That is very valid. I mean, I've seen teams do that for 40 games out of a year. Yeah. For too many years. Yeah. So when we get to like or we have to eight games, they've lost by double figures. That's not out of good. 11 losses. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with that. That's that, fair. Yeah, that and that's why I probably like take a little bit of a pause with this team and like I'm I'm not quite sure that I'm comfortable with who you are because I don't know your identity at all mm. last year i knew your identity yeah now i don't know your identity and That's i know what point. you're trying to do i know you're trying to take steps backwards so you can take te- steps forward on the defensive mm. end but last that year that doesn't I knew. that's not that's not what's happening though 
Like no, they want to do that. <laughs> it's like you're taking step backwards on offense to go nowhere defensively. <laughs> that's not that's not a sustainable model. No, it well, I'd say too, the defense in their wins most of the time has been really solid. Like if we just right. like Will Z could probably pull their defensive uh like WillZstats.com. Uh, yeah, WillZstats.com. Your defensive rating in wins versus your defensive rating in losses. And I think we would be like, oh, well, this team isn't that bad. Yeah. But that's not the way it goes. You 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 don't get to have that, you know, you don't, well, I guess I could probably look at splits. Um, that's what I'm looking at right now. And, and I bet you it's going to be really, really, really odd. In wins, I think I've got it. Where's... Basketball reference let me down. Um, oh, while we're did. looking that, while we're yeah. looking that, while we're looking that up, uh, let's get to this caller. ESPN thirteen twenty. What is your name? Scott. Scott, thanks for hanging out on hold. What do you got for us, bud? Yeah, uh, wanted to get your thoughts. What do you guys think of uh, Dejounte Murray as a possible trade candidate for the Kings? Good question. Thanks. Huh. Dejounte Murray. So, I like Dejounte Murray as a as a player. I think he's fine. Hmm. I. I, in a vacuum, I'm in. If DeJounte Murray can be had for if the Hawks want to run it back with Kevin Herter and you can send Kevin Herter and a and a couple of second-round picks or a heavily protected first or whatever, I think I'd probably do that. But A, I don't think that money works. And B, I don't 100% know how I feel about DeJounte Murray as a as a fit for the Kings offensively. Okay. So like defensively he's good. Like he's a good defensive guard, but um, on the season, totally 20 points, 5.3, re- uh, 5.3 assists, 4.5 rebounds, 1.6 steals. He is a very good defensive player. He's actually led the league in steals one season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's shooting 45.8% from the field and 34 points, uh, 37.4% from three. Career high. Yeah, he's also an 83% foul shooter. I this is an interesting one. Oh, so he did make an all-star team. He's barely he, he turned 27 100 days ago. Um he's under contract at 26 million mm. at, at 25.5 after this year. So 18.2, 25.5, 27.5, 29.6 and 31.6 as a player option in 2027-28. I think he gives you versatility. I think he gives you a secondary playmaker. Um, I think he gives you defense. Oh. He can play the one. He can play the two. I wouldn't hate that. I just want to know that he can fit in alongside De'Aaron Fox, and it's really tough to know that unless you have him on your roster and you're you're playing with him. Yeah, that's that's the that's where my hang up lies. A, he can't be moved until January eighth, but. Oh, because he signed an extension during the offseason. Yeah. But B, it's like he hasn't been able to make it work alongside Trey Young. So is that a flaw with Trey Young or is that a flaw with DeJounte Murray? It's weird because Kevin Herter uh, made it work alongside De'Aaron Fox last year. He made it work okay alongside of Trey Young. So you it, like that's just weird that you're dealing with the same player <laughs> again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm intrigued. I I would like again if in the grand scheme of things, I don't know that you you hang up the phone. I think you sit there and say, you know what? I'm going to talk to my team, 
I'm going to look at the advanced mm. numbers. I'm going to see where he gets his shots. I'm going to see how we think he would fit. And then I'm going to get back to you. Um, because I don't know that I hate that idea. Uh, he did have a an ACL tear when he was a third-year player and missed an entire season. Yeah. But he's been relatively healthy. 74 games last year, 68 the year before, 67. Uh, and and 66 with those are the uh, the COVID shortened 72 right. game seasons. So yeah, he's been relatively healthy, and um, I just don't know personality wise and everything else. I, I'd want to do more research on him before I committed. But that's a type of player <clears throat> that might be able to change a lot of things for you. Yeah, I'm not an expert. Tomorrow, I'm from Tracy Jordan and Thirty Rock. I'm not an expert, but I do have a strong opinion. Yeah, I think I'm in. You're in. Uh, no, no, I, I would. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think I'd really have to figure out why the Trey Young Dejounte Murray pairing is not as, equaling success. Yeah, is that a Hawks roster problem? Is that a Dejounte Murray problem? Is it a Trey Young problem? I don't know. But it, it for me, it all comes down to cost. Like I said, if the Hawks are like, yeah, hey, we'll take Kevin Herter in a second. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, I mean, I you can it, probably... It, it worse, you're getting better defensively. Yeah, I think you can probably do that deal, um, Kevin Herter and, like, Chris Duarte or Davion Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I'm not, like, advocating for that, but, like, I think Trying that, to figure out what it might take to get it done. Yeah, individually, I think you get a better player. I'd want it, again, Will's stats could help us. What is, how is he on a catch-and-shoot three? Because he's not going to mm. get the same opportunity. How is he in a pick and roll? Mm-hmm. How is he as a um, like again like a pick and pop, pick, uh, like pick and roll specialist mm-hmm. playing with Domas and all that stuff? Sure, I, I think he's quick and like I, I like the defensive capabilities, but you know, again, that's it's a big commitment. It it would have to be the right thing, and then we're seeing a player who all of a sudden is bouncing around a little bit. If mm-hmm. that's the case. And I think we've already heard that maybe like he is available. Um, but, you know, Atlanta's kind of in the same position the Kings are in. They're an offensive rating of 119.3 and a defensive rating of 119.9. Kind of in the same bubble. You'll get to see him Friday night so you could, you know, test it out and see what you think. But, yeah, kind of an interesting player. Good question. Yeah, he's intriguing. Yeah. I'm willing to think on that one. I was going to look for <clears throat> the Hawks. They went to the, oh yeah, that's right. That was, yeah, it was 2020, 2021. They went to the conference finals. And they've been out in the first round in mo- in the two seasons since. Mm-hmm. Like that's a team that's probably looking to make a change. Yeah, and they keep making changes, but it, it always feels like it might not be the right guy. That's why we had this discussion before the season of like, is there going to come a point where some of these teams just like realize that they can't push forward with the core group that they have? Well, that's well, okay. And that's just, and, and that's the whole thing with the Hawks is they went to the conference finals and then went, um, you know, the next year they were out in the first round and then they went and got DeJounte Murray. Hmm. It hasn't been great since. Yeah, I'm just really. This is a. That's a great question. Would you Would you yeah, be I willing? He's also a, he's a Seattle guy, which means that um, there's a good chance that Doug Christie has an idea of who he, and what he is like off the court, um, just because 
Doug is a Seattle guy. And so you actually have somebody on the bench who's probably known him since he was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So that's always a good thing. But uh, you also have Popovich that, that Mike Brown can call and kind of get, get a download on him. Uh, yeah, good question. Good question. But that might be something where the Kings aren't in to some deal and then all of a sudden a deal happens and you're like, huh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Except yeah. for the guy on the call, they, they called us in and <laughs> yeah. said, what if? Yeah, man, that's, I think that's the most intriguing one from a standpoint of, okay, he's not Keldon Johnson and he's not, uh, <laughs> I talked about Moses Moody at the break, mm-hmm. who's just out of the Warriors rotation entirely, young player, maybe we can go get him for nothing. But DeJounte Murray is a, to me, a really, the, the reason it's so intriguing for me is he is a very good middle ground between like OG Ananobi and like uh, 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 pick another player who we've talked about, Josh Akogi. Yeah. Or just, you know, Randy Keldon Johnson, like good player. But I think he's a good middle ground where I think he helps. I think he helps your team without unloading a ton of assets for him. Where okay. he's not going to command Keegan Murray or Malik Monk or something in a trade. No, I I totally agree. Mm. I think there's a way in which like you give up picks or something. Sure. Where you might be able to help Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then like if if anyone followed has followed me for any length of time, the other guy I'd want in that trade is somehow get Sadiq Bay out of there. Ah, uh, dude, I was gonna. So when we were talking about Dejounte Murray. I was going to bring up Sadiq Bay, but I think Sadiq Bay falls into the line of like, okay, he makes you better, but how much? I really like Sadiq Bay though. Well, I, he's 24. Yeah. I think that's the difference with Sadiq Bay. And Sadiq Bay has a nice wingspan and has some defensive acumen. And, you know, again, he isn't shooting great from three this year, but uh, he can shoot it though. Yeah. And he's also 6.4 rebounds per game. Like, that's not bad. Sadiq Bay's nice. I was surprised Detroit gave him up for basically nothing. I think five second round picks it was. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It just, that was a player like during the, the 2022 NBA draft. Mm-hmm. That's what I just kept saying about Detroit wanted. We knew who Detroit wanted. We knew who the Kings wanted. And that's the bad thing. The Detroit knew that the Kings wanted Keegan Murray. So mm-hmm. they didn't make a move. I didn't have any problems with the Kings drafting Keegan Murray. I like Keegan Murray. I watch. I was on board with Keegan Murray long before most people because I had watched him play in a couple of tournament games. I would also like to just state for the record that I was very pro Keegan Murray, anti Jaden Ivey for the Kings. Oh no, totally, extremely in that camp. Check the receipts. Yes. Anyways, but my point was always that it it doesn't matter that you don't want Jaden Ivey. It matters that you have an asset that someone else wants, mm-hmm. and they're behind you in the draft. Mm-hmm. And there should be a way for you to move from four to five and them to move up from five to four. And it doesn't have to be future first round picks. Mm-hmm. It could be Sadiq Bay. Like just that would have helped the Kings where they would have been able to add an asset in addition to Keegan Murray. Mm-hmm. And that that's what I, I, I repeated like a million times. Like if you're going to draft Keegan Murray, that's fine, but maximize value to get Keegan Murray. What you don't want to do is trade with Detroit and then have them trade with someone else to jump up to four to take Keegan Murray before you can get him, and then you have no choice but to take, you know, Keegan uh, to take sure. Jaden Ivy or 
or Benedict Matherin or Dyson Daniels, one of those guys. Do we know for a fact that call didn't happen? Uh, no, I don't know that that call didn't happen, but I do know that that uh, Detroit sat there and said, we're willing to risk that they're not taking him. And and so that's how they, they handled their business. Dang. So. Well, good for Detroit. Yeah. It's gotten them far. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a hot mess. Yeah. And again, they they don't like role players. They like guys who who think they, they can be stars. Sadiq Bey is a solid role player. Really good player. Yeah. And like, again, I, I don't think in a, in a perfect world that you could get a guy like that, but you're giving up like tertiary assets mm-hmm. in order to add him to your forward lineup. Mm-hmm. And he gives you something different than the other guys don't. That's yeah. all. And, and again, I don't think he's an all-star I don't think he's an oh my gosh player, but I also think that he's a rotational player for I, you. Would he be better than Trey Lyles? Um, I certainly think he would be better on day one than Sasha Vizenkov. Oh, for sure. So, like, if you're, it's, it's, and it, I would say yes, probably Sadiq better Bay than goes, Lyles, Sadiq Bay goes into the Kings rotation right away, and is a good player for them for sure. Like, yeah. if they wanted to start him over Harrison Barnes, I wouldn't be mad at all. Okay. I, I, I'm I'm a huge Sadiq Bay guy. Yeah. I just don't know how bad Atlanta would be wanting to move him. Well, at this point, yeah. I mean, he's 24, and if you're if you're just hitting a reset and just trying to dump a bunch of players, that's one thing. But you know, even like the Clint Capella thing, um, I, I could see the Kings going, "Hey, like we've kicked the tires on Clint Capella a bunch of times in the past. Uh, we still need shot blocking. We still need somebody who can mm-hmm. play, even though he's probably not a starter in Sacramento." Like, would you be willing to take on the twenty million this year and twenty two point three million next year of him and put him alongside Demonis Sabonis for long stretches and have the shot blocker that you need? I, yeah, I, probably. Would you pin that? In fact, we can we can talk about this tomorrow too. We can dive in in a little deeper because we only got like four minutes left. But you just mentioned shot blocking. Would you count that as we sit here and we talk about all these trade possibilities and this player, that player? If you are listing needs, I do this at Niners Wire all the time. When we mm-hmm. talk about trades for the 49ers or drafts, we go need by position. It's a little bit different in, in the NBA because positions are so malleable now. But what would you say their biggest need is from a like skill set, like a single thing? Not not a shot blocker who can shoot. Is it shot blocking? Is it more shooting? Is it perimeter defense? Is it ball handling? Is it scoring? Like what? What singular thing do you think they need more of? They need defenders, guys who are, they need length and athleticism at the three or the four. Hmm. I mean, that's it. Oh, and hey, maybe it's a five. If sure. you think Sabonis can play four, mm-hmm. maybe it's a five. Yeah. Like I would be fine if you want to, if you want to give a Clint Capella, uh, Demonis Sabonis front line a shot. I would do. Okay. Mm hmm. You know, Keegan Murray starting at the three, uh, whoever you have starting at the four, whether it's Harrison Bart, like however you were to get Clint Capella, you're going to have to give up something to give him. Yeah. Yeah, But yeah, yeah, sure. I could see that being something that you need length and athleticism. Yeah. You need somebody that can help you slow down people. So again, I don't think here, I I don't think uh, Demonis Sabonis is a bad defender. I think you put him in a bad position. He's not a rim protector. No, he's not. And the and Kings have neither are the guys, guys around him, right? The Kings have they have two, that was that was the whole issue the other night against against the Blazers. The Blazers were getting way too many open looks, like way too many good looks, whether it was at the rim or on the perimeter. Yeah, and it's just because the Kings just don't have the the dudes defensively. 
Yeah. And I, and I think if you got for, for me, like it is like defense length and athleticism on the wings for sure. But like, if you got a genuine shot alterer at the rim, like if JaVale McGee could, could stay on the court for 20 minutes a night, I think that'd be huge Yeah, because he's not an elite shot blocker anymore, but Hey, he's going to sit there and he's going to alter shots. So that, that to me is, is the number one thing. And that's why a guy like Clint Capella is, is really intriguing (laughs) because I mean, maybe he gets run off the floor in a playoff game and he can't, and he can't play them but interesting i think the kings bit. just need to like take a couple of guys off the hawks and leave them here in sacramento and <laughs> go ahead go ahead along your, on your way we'll send we'll send a gift back uh, basket with a couple of guys and yeah <laughs> some first round picks just uh, in fact you know what let's just have them play tonight just send them over to our locker room we got uniforms ready yeah yeah <laughs> make it happen i don't hate that idea all right the trade discussions will continue for sure. Uh, tomorrow, by the way, Harrison Barnes will be available to be traded. Oh, that's true. Yeah, December 29th. Wow. Big day. Big day. Big day, everybody. All right, we'll have plenty of NFL for you tomorrow. We will, whether it's Faraz Siddiqui or somebody else, we will have a Fantasy Friday segment for those of you um, maybe in Dynasty Leagues, maybe who are in your Fantasy Championship, maybe playing a weird league where the semifinal is this week. We will have a Fantasy Friday for you uh, coming up. Uh, tomorrow, like I said, whether it's for us, Adiki, or somebody else, uh, we'll have plenty of NFL, and we will continue our Kings discussion as the Kings continue their road trip in Atlanta tomorrow. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out. Uh, I've been Kyle Madsen. He's been James Ham. We'll be back tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on these very same airwaves. Thank you for listening to The Insiders. We are sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320, and that is Sacramento's sports leader. And don't you forget it. See you tomorrow, everybody. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento Sports Leader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.